right, Boomer Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. I do want to get to these calls because they seem very interesting. But just quickly, once again, to reiterate, I just watched more of the video with Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson. I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if you're a rookie. I don't care if you're a special teams guy. You'd want to play with these guys. They are awesome. They got great personalities. They're joking around. They're talking about football. They're hanging out with each other in wherever they they might be up here because it looked like it was cold. They're hanging out with each other in the off season. They're not doing idiotic things. Mm. They're just they see. The guys like that are the ones you feel like could be on that championship exactly. team for the Jets. You and, really you know, don't believe it. It's also uh, guys like that that Joe Douglas saw something in. Yep, yep. Other than just whatever was on the tape, he saw something in their personalities. Now, listen, I think two to three years from now, if success gets to them. You know, money, they, contracts. They, they, money, contracts, and everything else is going to be a little, maybe a little bit different story. But right now... There's a kind of like a, a youthful exuberance sure, and an enjoyment that they're having with their lives and who they are. And they're very confident and they love the game of football and they want Aaron Rodgers here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully Aaron Rodgers wants them uh, as well. Okay, we're talking about that uh, Malaysia Air flight that disappeared in a Netflix documentary that's out now. John is a pilot. He's calling from LaGuardia right now. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good, man. What's up? Oh, hey, I just heard you uh, talking about the Malaysia thing. I haven't seen it yet, but I just from what I read, I already know exactly what happened um, just from, like, a few of the clues they put out. Uh, number one, um, this guy, whoever this captain was, he was a total airplane freak, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the, the first clue on that When you that say airplane is, freak, like someone who's just, like, absolutely knows everything about everything and his entire life is surrounded yeah, about being a pilot. Right. Right, like too much. Like the the he, in his home, he had a full simulator set up. Okay, not not like a, a video game, like a full simulator. You know, yeah. so we we fly, you know, all month long, all year for years. And the last thing we want to do when we go home is is look at anything airplane related. You know what I mean? Sure. And this guy had it all set up in his home. That was very odd. Um, the second thing what Boomer said is about the radar. Can't the radar see you? The radar can only see you over the ocean for the first, like, 200 miles so you get off land. And then it can't see you anymore. They have this uh, system called ADSC that tracks you, but it's not radar. It can't see you. So we have, uh, right behind our seats, we have circuit breakers that say ADSC. One, two. All you got to do is pull those, and you can disappear over the ocean. No one will see you. Even so, even through uh, satellite tracking, there's no satellite tracking. There's nothing in the nose of the plane that you know that is being um, tracked. Uh, correct. It, it it can't track you if it if those circuit breakers are pulled. So um, that they uh, you know that this guy did this intentionally. As far as how did he do it? If you're up at thirty five thousand feet and you have a rapid decompression, meaning if you you know, any hole on the plane opens, everyone on the plane will be dead in less than 20 seconds unless you put on your oxygen, okay? This guy could have intentionally caused a rapid decompression, put on his oxygen, everybody would be dead, and then it's just him over the ocean. He can do whatever he wants with the plane, so. Oh, boy. Well, that's, that's good news. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so, so you're, as a pilot, you're thinking that the pilot was definitely responsible for this and did it on purpose. Yes. Um, with the flight plan, the guy did a U-turn, 
he headed straight out over the ocean. He turned the circuit breakers off. He, he, you know, the first thing, you know, he would have to do is take care of the other pilot. I don't know how he did that, but he did. And then he's, and then it's just him up in the cockpit and everyone else is in the back, uh, with no oxygen. Yeah. He would, he would have to take out the co-pilot and then, cause this was right. the main pilot, right? This was not the co-pilot. Correct. Right. So, and the yeah. door is locked, obviously, because of nine eleven and everything else. There's new right. security protocols with all these doors. They're reinforced, and you can, and you cannot breach those doors from the outside. Right. Correct. They're, they're rated uh, as a football term. They're rated for a uh, three hundred fifty pound person running forty miles an hour. That's no, that ain't happening. Cool. <laughs> uh, let me. Uh, let me. Um, what kind of plane do you fly? I'm uh, I'm fly uh I flew uh cargo planes in the Air Force for 30 years and now I'm flying uh Airbuses for uh in the airlines. All right. So and this was a 777, right? I I believe yeah, yeah I believe it was a 777. Yeah. 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 You don't you don't you don't sound like the typical captain that gets on the uh the, the loudspeaker and tells <laughs> us to go look out the window. Can, can you can, can you right, give us a little right. captainese like can you like tell us you know where we're going, how long it's going to take there, what the weather there is like and you know what our ground time is going to be? Yeah, I uh, right now? Yeah, yeah good. We'd um, like to hear that. All right. Uh ladies and gentlemen from the flight deck, welcome aboard uh Blank, blank flight 280 down to New Orleans. Uh, we got a three and a half hour flight, mostly smooth air, a few chops over uh, on the descent into New Orleans. Uh, we got a wonderful in-flight crew that'll take good care of you. Sit back and enjoy the flight. I like it. Yeah. Keep it simple and stop interrupting the Nick game that's on the direct TV. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I get Jet Blue, man, yeah. the other night, man. It was ridiculous. Every freaking 30 seconds, there was another announcement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I try to avoid that. I'm pretty sensitive to uh, sports. Hey, you know, the, uh, the, the other things in the news in, in, in the airline industry lately has been like the amount of turbulence that planes have been flying through. Have you seen some of these stories? Uh, yeah, yes. Um, and for me, that's uh, pretty shocking because we all have um, <clears throat> iPads or electronic devices. We have tons of software that shows you current turbulence reports. Okay, um, so we, we can see this stuff. We can avoid it. Now, the problem is, is when pilots are uh, flying a little too close to thunderstorms, then that that's where you'll get some of this severe turbulence. But um, as far as, you know, we have a lot of resources. This really shouldn't be happening as much as it is. Yeah, I mean, right now the airline industry is getting crushed in the news everywhere, whether it's canceling a flight to Southwest and some of these other things that are going on. I mean, it has not been... It's not been kind. So, I mean, is your perspective is it as bad as what people say that it is? Well, I just think there's more. Uh, any little instance, people are, are are filming it, you know, and then it's out instantly. So, right. I, I would say, yeah, people are. You know, in New York, it's tougher. Everyone want. Everyone thinks they're. Uh, you know, should be flying private when they're really just sitting uh, in coach, you know, and they want to be treated like <laughs> like they're flying a G6. So it's, it's tough to keep people happy up here, you know, but... That's so true, you know, right? Like, you're in 23F, guy, right? Count <laughs> like, yeah. you get what you pay yeah. for. Yeah, and then as soon as you have a 20-minute delay, everyone wants a free round-trip flight, you know? It's like, give me a break, so... Um, it, it is tough, but people are still traveling. The winter was, uh, there was like, there was no storms. So 
they had a good winter. Everybody should be making, Hell, Airlines should be making money this winter. Yeah, they had a good winter except for Southwest. Yeah, Southwest did not have a good winter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. Thanks, man. Fly all right, safe, thanks, right? Yeah, take care. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Wow, so he, you know, obviously, you know, you'll find out more about that pilot that basically did what everything John just said he did. Yeah, but I mean, he took the circuit breaker out. Probably he killed. He obviously either shot or did something to the co-pilot. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. The people that knew him, and I guess it really doesn't matter because anybody can go at any point and do something that you didn't expect. But I, I remember watching a documentary, and that was a theory, and they were saying he would never have done this. This guy was so by the book. There was no signs of anything that was going on. It was just very— Could it have been the co-pilot then? Yeah, they looked into him as well. I don't know. I have to watch this documentary because it's been years since I would have been reading about it. But there were a lot of people that, that disputed the fact that that guy would have done it. Like, that would have been the last guy in the world that would have done that. But all the evidence sort of mounts up to it. Uh, let's go to Greg, who's in Edison. What's going on, Greg? How you doing, guys? All, all right, right, Greg, Greg what's, what's happening? Hey, I've been uh, seeing UFOs since I was seven years old. How many have you seen? Eleven. And how old are you? Um, I'll be 70 in April. Okay. Why, why have you been able to see eleven and some of I us have never know. seen I any? I didn't ask to see them or anything, but uh, I, it's, you could just... I can see them right now and describe all of them to you. Really? I mean, well, now, have you seen them while, while, while you've been in Edison, New Jersey, or have you seen them in I've other seen places? Like five over here. Okay. And Bloomer would know where it is. It's by Harold's. Yep, know it very well. Yep, sure. Yep. Yeah, I saw five over here. Okay, so the, the one that was the most the one that was the most vivid to you, explain that one to us. That was probably back in nineteen sixty seven. We were coming back from uh, Avenel to Woodbridge, and my father and my mother were in the car with us, and we saw something over the Turnpike Bridge. I thought it was the moon, but the moon was in back of us. Hmm. When it crossed over the, the Turnpike, it was it looked like a big lava light, round with lava, you know, like the lava, old lava yeah. lights. Yeah, right. And there was, like, colors going through it. When we got back to our house over there, it, it came over our house. I remember my father pushing me in the house. Over there, it came right over, right over our house. So, Greg, let me ask you this: I mean, like, why would you call a sports talk station to talk about UFOs? I thought you guys were talking about it before. Well, we were talking about Malaysia Air that you know went down yeah. as a documentary and stuff like that. I just, yeah, man, I, it's it's amazing that you've seen eleven UFOs. I know. I didn't ask to see them or nothing, but you yeah. know, they were just. Once you see one, you're always looking up. Sure. Now, no abductions or any weird stuff, because there are people that say they see these things, all of a sudden they lose time, and then they don't know what happened to them. Well, I don't remember anything like that. No, I just seen them. And your parents saw it, too, so it wasn't like you saw it and they didn't see it. No. And then one time over here in Edison, we're, uh, we're sitting on my friend's deck over here, and we all saw one just go over, right over our house, <laughs> right, right over his house. But well, how high was it? Uh, I would say about... Maybe a thousand feet, maybe. Now you weren't high either, were you? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. So to make sure that you weren't like you know hallucinating or something. So no, when you, no, I don't even drink. No. So when you tell people about maybe this, you should. Yeah, right. When you tell people about this, do they mostly think like there's no way you're absolutely not stop? Yeah. Or do most people yeah. say like, wow, that's that's really interesting, and I believe you. Nah, most of them don't. Until until my friend saw it, he used to do that to me when I said I saw one. Yeah. But when he saw it, he he went he went crazy. He says, "What what is that thing?" I said, "I don't know." You know. Hmm. Now, have you reported any of these things to the local Edison Police Department? 
I talked to the police over here one time off by 7-Eleven. They said they didn't hear nothing about it. Yeah. By 7-Eleven? So, <laughs> yeah, over here, over here by me. You remember that encounter day. happening at 7-Eleven? <laughs> what, what, yeah. what did the police officer say to you? They says, when did you see it? And, you know, and... Uh, they says we didn't hear nothing. We didn't get no reports. You know what? Do you uh, do? You, are you on Twitter? No, I'm not. No, well, you I'm should get on Twitter and you should send Elon Musk a tweet because this has got to be some sort of record. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody. I said, you know, there might be one person that thinks that they've seen one. one yeah, but you've yeah. seen eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you it, you're just a normal guy otherwise, right? Like you're not someone who's into sci-fi or looking for these things. You're just a normal guy otherwise, and these UFOs have just entered your life. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. You know, just that when when you see him, you always look up or something. And I just happened to I don't know why. I really don't. I didn't mm. ask to see him or anything. Yeah. Well, Greg, Plus, listen. Documentaries I- on uh, Vice. Yeah. On uh, Luz Alzano, who was with that ATIP program that they just put out. Sure, yeah, that that stuff. I saw some some different, like maybe 60 Minutes did something on it. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, listen, I, I believe you, Greg. I'm one of those believers. I believe you. Maybe, you know, the 11, maybe after you saw one, you thought you saw others. But I believe that you have you have seen these. I'm, I'm, I'm in your corner. Okay, thanks a lot. All, All right, right, Greg. I'm going to make him feel a little better today. You know, everybody's True. telling him he's crazy. Oh, good Friday, why not? Right, exactly. You believe him too, Eddie, right? I mean, you're a, you're a believer that, that Greg saw this stuff, right? That, that he thinks he saw them? Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's go to Bruce in Iowa. What's going on, Bruce? Hey, how you guys doing? Come on, Bruce. Bruce. What's happening? All right, hey, not much. Uh, I'm not actually calling in response to uh, the the pilot that uh, you guys had on a you know a caller or two before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm a former flight attendant uh, for ten years for actually for Delta Airlines and. There's certain verbiage that we use with uh, the, the the pilots and the other flight attendants, and the gentleman that was speaking referred to his other pilots as other pilots. It's you're the captain, and it's your first officer or second officer, mm. and it just seemed a little bit like off. Kilter. I don't know if you guys vetted this guy or not. Or oh, we, don't, we don't vet anybody. <laughs> Al just lets people throw <laughs> it out. You're interesting. Like, we didn't, did we vet you before you got on? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what? You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Al, did you I'm vet? Saying, did you vet listen, Bruce in Iowa? To it. And, hey, I'm not accusing anything. Did I vet? All him? I'm saying is, uh, just there's certain speak. You know, like Boomer, you're sitting in a, in a in a huddle. You know, somebody is. You know, knows this or that or whatever it's like you speak a certain way like a cop speaks a certain way with other cops exactly we yeah we get that it's it's industry speak it's professional speak you know like i don't use the word hike like you know my my narcs around here use the word hike (laughs) i don't use that word yeah i got you bruce but is there a chance though that he was dumbing it down for us like boomer sometimes dumbs down football for us to ingest okay you know what and also what piqued my interest also was the announcements that he uh, was, uh, uh, you know, t- uh, saying to you guys, that didn't sound, it's, it's a... Well, you guys, you guys, the flight attendants are reading off of a card, aren't you? Uh, no, 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 no. You have to memorize certain things, and you have to adjust to uh, the situation of, of what's happening. Bruce, have you made you announcements know? before? 
Yes, I let's see. Let's hear an announcement from you then. All right, so let's say we're going from New York to Miami Beach on flight okay. uh, flight seven that. on United Airlines. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard flight number seven from New York City from JFK to did you say Miami? Yes, whatever. Uh, please be advised that when the captain turns on the fastener seatbelt sign, that all passengers need to be seated with their seatbelts fastened, regardless if the sign is on or not. Uh, we will be coming through the aisles in just a few moments for, you know, a beverage service, blah, 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 blah. This and that. This and that. We got that. You got to tell people, you know, especially on JetBlue, what they tell you is keep your arms, yeah, your yeah, knees, I, and your yeah, shoulders I, I, in if you're sitting in the when, aisle when, so we don't when, rip it off. It's just when the homeboy was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, all right. listen, that, that's your take on it, and we, we did not vet him. And I, it would be weird, though, that he would call up and say he was a pilot and not be a pilot. That would be a little sociopathic. Well, I mean, yeah, it could be sociopathic, but it just, that did not sound like in my experience for 10 years being a flight attendant. Yeah, there's a, there's a it, member here on the staff that had a question for you. He said, have you ever had to interrupt uh, a mile high club interaction in the bathroom? <laughs> have I ever had to interrupt? Um, I did have to inquire as far as why the door was locked for a certain amount of time. <laughs> but, it was, but, but no, it was, it was never anything that was, uh, you know, like that extreme, no, you know, and it put pretty much you just turn the other cheek. It's like you look, you look away. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, if they're doing what they're doing, you got to let them do it. I get. There's no, no way you're gonna you get in there away. and stop them. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> hey, you guys get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> or you could actually get on the uh, get on the uh, the overhead and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the bathrooms are for everybody to use, not just for two of you. <laughs> You you could do that. You could do that, but you might get an unfavorable like review. Oh, that you know, would be awesome. like the person that you don't bust, they could be, you know, some like million miler who is, you know, it's like, hey, this guy kept the gun on the DL. Oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, <laughs> we take care of this guy. You know, he's going to be the flight attendant of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bruce, you only did this for 10 years and that was it? Yeah, I did it for 10 years. Okay. And then you retired from it? Well, I started when I was 24. Okay, and you went to 34, and then and then that's it. What did you do afterwards? Uh, what I did after that was I became a cop. Oh, nice. All right, pretty cool. Yeah. That's an interesting transition there. It's an interesting pivot. It's, yeah, it is. It is. And it, it's just interesting because a lot of people, you know, friends of mine and, you know, acquaintances and stuff, it's like, how the hell did you become a flight attendant and then a cop? How many yeah, other well, flight? You know, how many other flight? Of Queens. So <clears throat> you know, it's wow. just one of those things where I, I, I always loved flying. My dad used to take me outside of uh, LaGuardia to see the planes land. I always wanted to do that, whatever. And so I, I got the opportunity, and then my dad was a cop, so I became a cop. There you go. You know, hey, Bruce, I, I always wondered, like, you know, a guy like you, you sound like you got your stuff together. You sound like you're a lot of fun. How many uh, other flight attendants were you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, okay? Uh, when you are a male flight attendant, 
Okay, there yeah. is a stigma attached to it. This is kind of like attached a, a to everything, as we is, found out. Uh, a hairstylist. <laughs> it's like okay, uh, we know where you're going, or you know where you lean. But the thing is, uh, with male flight attendants, uh, there is five percent of male flight attendants that are male flight attendants that are straight. You're saying okay. Well, I didn't want to say that. It's all right. It's, 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 it's fine. It's what it is. Straight. Yeah, uh, you can say that. Hey, <laughs> hey it's, it's a lot of fun, if, especially if you have a really big and jovial personality and you just like to be on display and take care of people, <clears throat> you're going to be fine. Yeah, but you're still not answering my question. <laughs> okay. Many, like a lot, a little, a few. I mean, like you know, what was your what was your ratio? I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> and Bruce, the last question here: We can probably keep you forever because you're a very interesting guy. Why oh, Iowa? Hey, you grew hey, up in Corona, Queens. Had, had a lot of fun. Yeah, how'd you end up in Iowa? Uh, followed a girl oh, who go. was a flight attendant who was from out here. There you go. All right, there we go. Now, now, we, now we're talking. Right. Okay, now he. That, so listen, Bruce, we just vetted you. Thanks for the call. Yeah. We appreciate it. Uh, that's a real flight attendant. Yeah. And by the way, my father has been a pilot for essentially his entire life. Texted me that guy did not sound legit, the pilot, because mm -hmm. it didn't sound some of the verbiage he said as well about the, he goes, uh, ADSD and not ADSB. It's B. So hey, that's real, like a, real quickly. Just so that's a big one there. This guy might have been a fraud. But but why? Fraud? I don't know. Why? But one more call real quickly. Yeah. Maddie in New Jersey. You got 30 seconds. What's happening, Maddie? Hey, listen. I'm on my way to Edison. I'm planning on going to Harold's for lunch. And I hope to God a UFO doesn't destroy my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck, Matt. Yeah, good luck, Matt. Good luck with that. I'm getting drunk on a plane. That's what I'm talking about. Man, Bruce and I was one of those guys that has a fascinating life. Flight attendant for 10 years because he was obsessed with planes growing up. Follows a flight attendant girlfriend of his out to Iowa. Decides to become a police officer after that. Just incredible. So uh, love hearing from those uh, folks. Grew up in Corona, Queens, and now sitting out there in Iowa watching us talk about New York sports on CBS Sports Network. Or maybe he's listening on the Odyssey app. All right, CeeLo, uh, it's a little bit late, so I know you got a lot of stuff, and you've been working hard out there and everything oh, yeah. else and all the sound that you've been I gathering. I wish I was a pilot in another life. Really? Yeah, flight school, Air Force, something like that. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with planes, too. I could but see I, it. But I, I think with the eyesight, I probably would have been a no-go, right? Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, no. if you got you no good for LASIK, you weren't approved for that. I don't think so. I think whatever I have, it doesn't help. Okay, I don't know. So not, a, it, not a fighter pilot, but he might have been able to be. Yeah, fair. I could see you in that little captain's outfit with sure. your. You know, I can too. I can yeah. definitely see you there. Yeah. You're dragging your bag behind you sure. and the whole thing, right? Coffee in hand. Yeah. Nice to the staff. Oh, hey, how's your how's nice white how's your shirt family? on? Yeah, how's it going? Captain yeah, bars on his know, shoulders, like, yeah. sitting there they, like with the, the door open to the cockpit as people are coming off. Hey, thank you. Right, yeah, thank you. Thanks for flying with us. And they're like, oh, the <laughs> captain brought his son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, let's dive into it. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by Edison Heating and Cooling. So the Knicks lose out west late last night, 122-117, in favor of the Sacramento Kings, who had 30 in the first quarter, 39 in the second. So they're up 69-53 at the half. 
Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, triple-double, 24-13 boards and 10 assists. He iced the game with a couple of free throws in the final seconds, while De'Aaron Fox scored 16 of his 24 in the final frame. This Kings team can play Mike Brown in his first season as head coach, marveling at Fox's ability. I didn't know this before coming in. I knew he was go- he had a chance to be a great player. Fox's ability as a two-way player can make him freaking elite. It's an interesting I was listening to some of his cuts. Kind of yeah. wish he was here in New York. He's uh, he's an interesting guy to hear from at the post-game uh, press conference. He was not happy about his team's performance in the offensive rebounding category as far as how many they allowed to the Knicks. But they did get the win. Made it a little easier, of course, when Jalen Brunson did not return after halftime. He had 19 points in 19 minutes but couldn't finish the game. It's the foot again. Here was Tom Thibodeau asked about it afterwards. Yeah, just uh, you know, re-aggravated it. So... You know, I haven't talked to the medical people yet. Just like pounded chicken cutlets. Just, you know, just soreness. So. I'm assuming it's his hands. Yeah, I know, but it, well, the sound was not like yeah. a hand on a desk. It sounded like a, a meat cleaver or something. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, he sounded pretty bummed out, understandably yeah. so. Uh, he was also asked if Brunson would be headed back to New York for testing. He wasn't sure just yet. When I get back, I'll speak with, with the medical people. You know, let them do their job and let them, you know, that you got to trust them and trust Jalen. So <laughs> they'll evaluate him and whatever he needs for it, we'll make sure he gets. I'm just, I don't, wow. it, I don't know how that is coming across for the folks listening. Yeah. Like we hear it clearly here in the studio. Just it's, picture it's kind him of, now with a meat tenderizer. It's kind of faint, but right. yeah. <laughs> All there. of a sudden we sure. got veal parm, everybody. <laughs> uh, they've got a back to back Saturday, Sunday uh, in LA against the Clippers and the Lakers, and then they'll finish out this road trip Tuesday night in Portland. So, We'll see uh, about Brunson's status moving forward here. The Nets played without Nick Claxton, Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal, and Ben Simmons. Then they end up resting their remaining starters for most of last night's game in Milwaukee. Still hung in there with the Bucks, who were without Giannis, eventually losing 118-113. Former Net Brook Lopez had a career-high nine blocks, including a big one down the stretch. So maybe a moral victory on a night where very little was expected of Jacques Vaughn's squad. Proud of some of the lesser guys who logged big minutes in this one to see drew smith dive on the floor for a possession for us uh no thought about it but it was a 50 50 ball he's going to come away with it awesome to see david duke get in the paint get down the lane throw one down at this level uh awesome to see it was a weird game you got g league guys on two-way contracts that are playing heavy minutes and they're you know it's a one possession game late pretty much and uh they come up short, but they hung in there. They'll turn around, visit the Timberwolves tonight. Coverage on the fan and the free Odyssey app begins at 7.50. Here's more from Kyrie Irving, unfiltered on Twitch the other night, just letting it rip. And apparently he was burning sage, not smoking weed. That's oh, like okay. a sage situation oh, okay. again. Mm-hmm. Unconfirmed, but that's what I'm told. Uh, he will say he certainly, or I, excuse me, I wrote that uh, I will say he certainly doesn't sound high. So I don't know if he was or not, but uh, he was more fired up than anything. Uh, hey, people love to talk about, but they just can't get enough. Well, what's Kai going to do this summer? Does Kai like Dallas? What happened in Brooklyn? What happened in Boston? What happened in Cleveland? Why did you leave LeBron? Why did you leave Jason? Why did you leave Katie? Why did you leave all these people? <laughs> yeah, you, wait a second. you said he didn't so sound why? like he was smoking weed? <laughs> but I feel like he's talking too fast. No, isn't it usually more like know. a calm, relaxed, drawn-out thing? Maybe not. I'm not an experienced weed guy. <laughs> get out of here. So I uh, Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Uh, he's probably not smoking weed it probably was sage but i mean he's how does he not understand at this point he's massive celebrity <laughs> that 
that's the thing that's the most confusing to me. Yeah. I mean, he is one of the top five most talked about NBA players. Probably one of the most top 20 most talked about athletes in this country. Right. How does he not understand that and yet? It, it seems like he doesn't he doesn't like that, but he also is so feeding into it. and out there that yes. it, they work against each so other. So he answered him, all the, he, or he asked all these questions. Yeah. Did he ever answer any one of them? Uh, not no. that I, his point nope. was, and he, at the end there, it got cut off. He says, like, this is all three hours. So his point is, like, you come, you watch me on the basketball court, you're judging me off three hours, and what about the rest? Get to ask all these legitimate questions. As if 21 hours every day wasn't happening after that. So, three well, hours I mean, 21. All right, so... We, we could talk about the three hours you play basketball, but what about all the changes that happen around your career and right. all the different teams that you've left, all the different players that you left? You've asked yourself those questions, so that's what we talk about. And this audio that we're talking about occurs in the other 21 hours, which is kind of funny to yeah, me. So think about the guy like Damian Lillard. He's a great basketball player. He's going to be a Hall of Fame basketball player. He makes over $50 million a year to play basketball. He is. He played in the Olympic team. Are we talking about him every day? No. no. Barely. When he has a 60-point game, we talk about yeah. it. It's like, so your point, I'm making your point, is like he doesn't want anybody to talk about him, but he's creating these topics for people to talk about him. Right. So just, uh, and then here's the one Al wanted uh, here early this morning, which we did play. It kind of just stands alone. How am I free if I know my people aren't free in Africa? How am I free if I'm not, I know my indigenous people are not free in Australia? How am I free if I know kids are still working on the cobalt mines in the Congo? Making Teslas. Making Teslas. Making Teslas. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but it's interesting. It's, uh, it's entertaining. It's you know what? I, I want him and Aaron Rodgers to do a podcast oh, that, together. I'll tell you That's what. That's what I want. And out with it, I, I didn't realize this. I guess this is common knowledge now that Rodgers is speaking at the psychedelic conference. Psychedelic Den- science right. conference. We got to get Kyrie there as well. Yeah, I don't know. But is Kyrie into psychedelic science? I don't know. I mean, I know they're both talk about things that are non-traditional topics for professional athletes, but yeah. I don't know if they're on the same page. And they both, I know that Aaron Rodgers has gone on Joe Rogan. Would Kyrie and Aaron both go on Joe Rogan together? Because they're both anti-vaxxers. <sighs> are they, they anti-vaxxers they, they, or anti-COVID vaccine? Because there's some, you know, it's, there's a different oh, right, thing. Well, I'm, I'm talking about COVID. I'm, yeah. I'm specifically talking about COVID and what happened over the last three years. And what I would say is that they do have some things in common. They do. Yes. They, they both are a little bit mercurial. No, a little bit, a lot <laughs> mercurial. Uh, they both are deep thinkers. Very. They both have their ways about them and they're not going to change to adhere to anybody else's wishes. Yeah. Right. I Intelligent, think, well-spoken. I, yeah. I, I would like to hear the two of them with Joe Rogan. That would be great. Maybe you will. Yeah. Or with Boomer and Gio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But I think that Kyrie Irving's trying to save the world. I think Aaron Rodgers is trying to figure out himself. I think that's the two biggest differences yeah. between You them. think Kyrie yeah. Irving has figured out himself? No, no but, he's but not, I don't think he's trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not trying. In his eyes, he's figured out himself. Yeah, right. But In his own opinion. Like, like Kyrie Irving, every day, I think he gets up, is like, how can I change the world? Aaron Rodgers is like, gets up, is like, who the hell am I? <laughs> where, that, that right. I think, is the biggest difference between the life? two of them. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, more injury issues for the Yankees pitching staff. Newcomer Carlos Rodon will begin the season on the injured list. GM Brian Cashman yesterday revealed the diagnosis. Yeah, it's just a mild strain of that that muscle that sounds like a dinosaur. Um, uh, 
portion of the left elbow. So it's a, it's a muscle. The muscle that sounds like a dinosaur. Which right? is what? The left brachioradialis. Okay, he's kind of right, actually. Which is a superficial forearm muscle. Not sure what that means. Of course. Of course, it's a Yankee that has yes, that issue. And, it, and as Boomer pointed out last hour, this is similar to the injury he suffered last year with the Giants. So they don't sound all that concerned, but that seems to be how these things start. And then all of a sudden, it's a couple of weeks, turns into a month, six weeks. That would have been something had Aaron uh, Judge signed with the Giants and Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees. And then they opened up against they each other. They opened up against each other in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> An opening day. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, thankfully for the Yankee fans, that's not the case. Uh, Relievers Tommy Canely, Lou Trevino also expected to begin the season on the IL. And we knew about Frankie Montas, the, the surgery, and that he's going to miss a good chunk of the year. And Harrison Bader underwent testing yesterday. He's got left oblique discomfort from a swing he took in his last at-bat Wednesday. That was from uh, Aaron Boone. He was supposed to have more information later today. But all is well because Aaron Boone turned 50 and hit a couple home runs. He in did batting in batting practice. practice. Which yep. so excited about mm-hmm. so Very good. Uh, we're, we're done already, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, well, just you gave you a, exciting hockey stuff last night for the locals. You a jerry call? I did find oh, you did have a jerry, uh, call. Yes, okay. have a jerry call. Yep. Yes. So the Rutgers down 28-25 at the half to Michigan, but a completely different game after the break. Spencer calling for Caleb to come receive the ball, and he does so. Shot clock at 8. Spencer inside the Mulcahy. The lob underneath. Amore catches and dunks with the right hand. And Rutgers goes up by 14, 56-42 with three minutes to go in the second. That's Jerry. Flutters in your testicles. <laughs> All right, yes, that's nice. Uh, you know what? Uh, watching the highlight and then listening to what he was saying, he was right on it. Nailed it. Right on it. Yes. i never heard that one. <laughs> Flutters in your testicles. <laughs> Uh, that's what he and Austin Johnson were feeling in the second half as Rutgers went on a 12-0 run to turn the game around. Flutters. In there, yes. Michigan won ice cold from the field. Rutgers ends up winning 62-50. Uh, that was in the perfect Jerry tone, too. Like, you know, that Jerry tone right in the ass. Flutters in the testicles. Flutters in your testicles. <laughs> yeah. Very matter of fact. Yep. That's so on brand right there. <laughs> uh, so this sets up a rematch with Purdue today at noon. You do have coverage on WCBS 880 beginning at 1145. St. John's lost. UConn won. Huskies face Marquette in the Big East semifinals this evening. Also because I upset the Fordham people last hour because I didn't mention it. No, they yeah, did beat yeah. LaSalle. 69-61. They're in the Atlantic Bogish. 10 semifinals. Bogus and others. So, you know, I don't want to. I was like, it's a long show. We got to yeah, get right. everything every hour. Just like this hour, we're not going to get to the hockey locals. So, Which, but all yeah. three hockey locals won they in did. fantastic fashion. Beyond regulation. And yeah. this is uh, this is the race for the finish right now, man. We are right in the middle of in it. In the thick of it. I'm a little concerned because Boomer's got lots of notes. He has been taking lots of notes the last 20 minutes or so, so I don't know where. Are you Are you done with your notes? Would you like me to go? Not yet? You need a little more time? No, I feel like I'm done with You're done with your notes. Okay. I, I, I have been taking a lot of notes over the last two days. What, a lot of notes? Yeah, because, you know, I'm trying to figure out. Again, I don't, you know, I don't know if Al likes this conversation or not, uh, <laughs> but I don't really give a damn. Uh, the point is, is that uh, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Okay. And, you know, there's been so much fire out there in terms of opinions about Lamar. Okay. For so many different reasons. And we touched on some of those yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wanted to go back and I just said, okay, let me, let me look at maybe three comparable players. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, who were drafted in the same draft. And then Joe Burrow was drafted the year after those guys. So I just wanted to take a look at their last three seasons. 
and try to determine where Lamar fits in terms of the amount of money he should be paid. Okay. Because these, you know, Josh has already done his uh, contract extension, mm-hmm. and Joe is getting ready to do a contract extension, and Lamar has been stuck in his contract for the last five years. That is correct. So I looked at the last three seasons. Gotcha. Okay, so just to give you a perception, uh, an, an understanding of the explosiveness of each quarterback, what they've done. So Josh Allen, over the last three seasons, 128 touchdowns. That's both running and passing. Okay. <clears throat> He's generated 15,180 yards. His playoff record is 4-4. Four and four. He's already played in eight playoff games. He's completed 63% of his passes in the playoffs, and he's got a whopping 17 touchdowns to four interceptions in the playoffs. Okay. Joe Burrow the last three years. Okay. Right? He's only played three years. He has 92 touchdowns total combined. He's got 13,465 yards combined. That's passing and rushing. He's, he's got a 5-2 and two playoff record. And in the playoffs, he's completing 67% of his passes, and he's thrown nine touchdowns and four interceptions. Joe Barrow? <laughs> no, Joe Burrows, according yeah. <laughs> to Richard Sherman. Okay. Okay, so now comes Lamar Jackson in that same three-year period. All right. <clears throat> now, Lamar has missed a few games because he's got injured, so you've got to take that into account. But Joe Burrow missed, uh, uh, I think, six games his rookie year because he had the knee injury. So he had to come back from a knee injury and put all these numbers together on top of his rookie year. So, Lamar Jackson, over the last three years, 71 touchdowns compared to 128 by Josh Allen and 92 by Joe Burrow. Combined rushing and, and, and passing. passing. Okay, he's, he's got 10,417 total yards compared to the 15,180 that Josh Allen has and the 13,465 that Joe Burrow has. He has a 1-3 playoff mark, and he has completed 56% of his passes and I think he's got eight TDs and five, inter- uh, three TDs and five interceptions. Okay. So when you compare those three quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson's not even on that list. Now, I did not count his second year in which he threw 36 touchdown passes. And that's when he won the MVP. But that was his second year. Sure. You know, We're one, a long time removed from that. The one guy that I'd like to, and I don't want to give you more work, but the one guy I really, because when you say Lamar Jackson is compared to Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, I'm taking those guys 10 times out of 10 over Lamar Jackson, even though out here in those stats. But the one guy I'd really like to see, like the last three years of full seasons that he played versus Lamar Jackson would be Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Okay, because he, cause he's the one... That Lamar Jackson is comparing himself to when it comes to the money. Can't do that, though. But that's what he's doing. Right. So you had a, a desperate, poorly run franchise in the Cleveland Browns that made idiots out of themselves. Yeah, yeah, of course. And they basically did something that is outside the realm of reality in the eyes of 31 other teams in the league. But that contract is is why Lamar Jackson is in the situation he's in, coupled with the fact that he doesn't have an agent. You know, I'm just, he, but that's that's the big one right there. The agent thing. Well, yeah. I mean, so don't have an agent. He's negotiating this with his mom. He sees the Deshaun Watson contract. He thinks that he's better than him, and he wants more. He wants that contract and more. That's it. He's not thinking about the Patrick Mahomes contract. He's not thinking about the Daniel Jones contract. He's not thinking about the. He is thinking about Deshaun Watson's contract, and that's it. 
So I just like to, for my own curiosity, uh, hear uh, those two things. Uh, we have uh, so many uh, bizarre uh, phone call topics. I do want to get to as many as we can. We'll take one now, and then we'll get to uh, some others coming up. Let's go to Dean, who's on Staten Island. What's going on, Dean? Boomer Gio, what's going on? What's up, Dean? How are you, man? Listen, before the Fugazi pilot and before the uh, (laughs) guy who saw E.T. 11 times, you guys were talking about uh, teams in New York and which team would be, you know, the city would basically be on fire. Yes, yep, if they won a championship. Yeah, but I I said the Knicks and Boomer said the Jets. Yep. All right, as a loser of a fan, because I root for all the losers in New York, and I'm a fan, Mets fan, Jets fan, Knicks fan. Nothing but disappointment, nothing but heartache, and a lot of drinking in my lifetime as a fan of these teams. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have to go out there and say that the Jets fans, out of all the fan bases, are the craziest. And uh, if the Jets ever won a, a Super Bowl, uh, I would have to call out of work for probably a month because I would be on a binger just going absolutely bonkers <laughs> all over the city. Yeah, so, that's um, so. so you agree with me yeah. then, Dean? <laughs> A hundred percent, a hundred percent, Boomer. Uh, listen, the, we're so deprived as Jet fans. Nothing but pain, heartache. Like I relate to Beningo so much when he says, "All oh, the pain, all oh, the pain." It, it's, I, I, I couldn't only imagine what I would do if these, they ever win a championship in my lifetime. I don't know if they will. We got yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they will either, but. I just know I would go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, love you guys. Love the show. Well, thanks, Dean. Bye. I appreciate it, man. That's a good phone call. And Joe, I love Joe. Work for Joe. Joe is awesome. But the one thing that I've always said to Joe is that he got everything he needed as a fan at the perfect time. And he should not be complaining about it. He got a Jet Super Bowl. He got Knicks championship. He got multi. He got a Mets chip all when he was a teenager. Like, and, and old enough to understand and remember it. So, like, you got all that that you can't be asking for more. <laughs> you can't be. Like, I know you'd love to see another one, but you saw one. Like, I've, I've never seen, I mean, four years old with the Mets. Other than that, I haven't seen it. So, like, he, he's all the pain with his teams. He got the best run of New York sports at the perfect time. The perfect time in his life. He got all of it. All right, so let me ask you this question. You asked me about Deshaun Watson. Yes, you want to hold so, it? You want to hold I'll, it? I'll, I'll hold it because I know we got some calls, but I just want to just want to clarify something for you. Yes. I'm not going to count the 2022 season. Okay. Because he, you know, he only played, uh, I think, five games. Right, so game. his full, his, his full, so last three 20, full seasons. Yes, 2018, 2019, and 2020. Perfect. Okay, very okay, good. I'll right. do that for you.